Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, Neil Crabtree, and Jeremy Lambert. Back again. It's the Back Row Fantasy Show with Bark. And you know, last episode you're saying never again. <laughs> not like tonight or whatever. It was. Been here before, but not like this. That's right. That's what you were saying. Yeah. So arms is to my left. You mean arm? Arm. Yeah, arm is to my arm. left. <laughs> arms. Neil's to my right. Hello. There's a freaking vigor in this show tonight. Wow. And Lambert across from me. Hey. I'm going to have to edit out those pauses in between arms to my left. Hello. Neil to my right. Hi. Hold on. Let's do this again. Start from top. Hey, welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show. It's me, Bark. Arms to my left. Good morning. Neil to my right. Good evening. Didn't change much. And Lambert across from me. <laughs> hey. 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 Been before. Do I have to play some Nickelback again don't, to get this don't, man. up? Listen. We don't like, want- I can tolerate some Nickelback music, and I've been a Nickelback fan before, admittedly. But Ooh, people pay to, for buddy. their concert to leave. They leave at the, their own concerts. I yep. mean, no. We don't want to lose fans that quickly. We only have like four Canadian listeners. You're losing them, as, you're losing <laughs> them right now. They're, they're, they're like 30 milliseconds into this rant. And they're like, Nickelback. Next podcast. Next Next song. Next. Next song. Next. So we so we talked about how terrible Nickelback was one pre-show, and that brought us to one song, the opening track on Silver Side Up, where he's talking about his mom and his abusive alcohol. I'm not going all the way into it, but it's just fun to be like, never again. Been there before. Which is what happens when you draft like the number five tied in. You're like, yeah, that's I, like the, you know, Jared Cook screwed me. Never again, <laughs> not like before. Or it leads up perfectly to the whole Cardinals situation with Josh Rosen. Never again. Well, any of the tight ends last year, right? Well, besides Kittle, but oh, yeah, you were happy with yeah. Kittle and Kelsey. <laughs> You know, and you obviously you're happy with Ertz. I mean, three stud tight ends. I thought I talked about last year. All the top ones is this. Oh, yeah, dude. Out. Hey, I was on Kittle way early, way way early. Not first round early. So I forgot to do <laughs> my little pre. He was a steal. He was a steal for me. <laughs> Go ahead. Forgot to do the pre-opening where I explain what you're about to listen to. So I'm going to cover that now. Oh wow! We, uh, Thanks. No problem. We're going to do some rookie tight end analysis. Our top guys. And then a little deeper, which has us pumped. I think it's the most pumped we've been about a show in a while. So we, it was the Nickelback. We've we could have been part of it. We've introduced you to Talia. Now it's time to meet her more attractive sister, Talina. 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 The tight end landscape is not atrocious. Not for the rookies, honestly. Talina. I have. There are more rookie tight ends right now than I'm excited about. That are currently on NFL teams, and I'm serious about that. Oh, I'm not saying they're all going to pan out, but I mean the tapes and the measurables. A lot of these guys look really solid. Was well, there like only maybe what four exciting tight ends in the NFL? Maybe five. Well, Gronk retired, so like three. Uh, we'll go. We'll go four. I'll, I'll give you uh, Evan Ingram back for at four. Meh. I, I still. I, yeah, still love me some Evan Ingram. But we are also going to pay homage and just bear with us through this. It was an idea. We like to have our ideas acted upon from the get-go. We're going to do a little tribute. So a little portion of the beginning of this episode is a tribute to Stephen A. Smith becoming the top paid ESPN personality out there. Here's the beginning of that tribute. Just don't leave us during this, please. So the first opening statements about what's going on in the league, about what's going on in sports, about what's going on in life is going to be Stephen A. Smith inspired. Congratulations, Stephen A. Smith, for making a lot of money. Faking it till you make it, bro. Doing not a lot. I thought he was the highest paid for the longest time. He probably is, but now it's supposed to be like, 
clearing away. So that that whole Hunter Henry comment, they're like, 10 more. 10 more mil. <laughs> Add 10 more mil Tot- on that man's totally contract. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. And then, like... I, I don't remember what he said, but I feel like he's like, yeah, no, Junior Seau is going to have a great game this week. It, he's he's re- he's retired, like, forever ago. <laughs> yeah. Retired from life. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So to start it out, Stephen A. Smith, this is for you. The tribute goes on. That man, Demarcus Lawrence, got paid by the Dallas Cowfolk. You know, last year, whenever he was a top three defensive end in the league, you know, absolutely, I think he led the league in sacks. I mean, honestly, he dominated end-to-end all 16 games. DeMarcus Lawrence is easily, you know, him and then J.J. Watt, if you even consider J.J. Watt in his category. DeMarcus Lawrence, easily the best guy out there. I mean, you know what? Pay the man. He's worth it. He got what he deserved. Whoa, 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 whoa. He was underpaid, wasn't he? Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) DeMarcus Lawrence had problems with Hunter Henry last year. And they paid the man anyways. But he had problems with Martellus Bennett last year. Yeah, I mean, it's so strange. To, you know, at the defensive end, he's a terrible coverage guy. He's he's getting burnt constantly on the deep by, by, by all the tight ends. You know, uh, I just don't understand how they're just going to overlook that and only look at a sack. I don't agree with a damn thing you're saying. <laughs> I don't. I don't agree. I don't agree with the damn thing you're saying. Nothing. You know. Let's what? move on. Let, let's move on. Let's talk about how LeBron James is going to turn on this year in the playoffs <laughs> and just go through to dominate. LeBron James makes the Western Conference Finals. Mark it down. He's no Michael Jordan. He's no Michael Jordan. But he's going to get there. He's going to get his. He's going to get his. Watch it. Seven games. Warriors in seven. No yeah. doubt about it. That, listen, man, that man. That man ain't no Kurt, Kurt Rambis. LeBron is a close personal friend of mine. <laughs> and we talked on the phone yesterday, and he is he is confident in his team's ability to make it deep into the postseason. Now that I can get down with. That I can get down in, with. In case you're wondering where we were going with this, it and all that sounded stupid, it's because it intentionally did. And I don't believe a damn thing you're saying. <laughs> oh I don't I t- I talked to your agent yesterday. And he told me some of the things you were going to say. I don't believe a word of it. Yeah, I just, how do you get paid? How do you get like a massive contract? Since I understand keeping him because he is a hell of a personality, but keeping him and paying him more than anybody else when the extent of what he does this, this season anyway is just like dumb in, an, in, in, in uh, analyst analysis. ESPN Let, has literally zero talent. Let, let's That's get, why. Including he's, he's, him. He's Let, the cream of the crop. That's let's why. Let's get real. Let's get real for a second. When you're a sports analysis, you're going to mess up from time to time. Analysis. We all do it. When you're a sports analysis, you're going to mess up from time to time. I don't give a damn if you don't like what I said about Hunter Henry. He did have a good season until he went down. But I, we mess up. That's you know what? what we do. There's forgive. You got to forgive each other. You know, I'm honestly, I just don't understand how uh, Darius Geist didn't win Rookie of the Year. I mean, just throwing that out there. The problem is, is he... I don't agree with a damn word you're saying. <laughs> the Everything videos, he says is in total conviction. The videos that of him messing up are getting more views than ESPN is normally. I mean, that's why they paid him. <laughs> right. Ah, it's got to be why they paid him. Right. Just keep messing up. We're going to rack in the views. God, it's... A, it, uh, I am a, I am the Ryan Leaf of sports analysis. <laughs> I am the Ryan Leaf. I can do whatever I want. Oh, future show. Hall of Famer. They still have to pay me. They still have to pay me. Yeah, I I, I want to see him talk about Ryan Leaf. How he he succeeded until and t- right up until Philip Rivers took over. <laughs> well, there's Drew Brees in there too. Never mind, Steve. Never mind. Just just collect your money. That happens. But I, I want to I want to talk more about this draft. More about this NFL draft. All right, we're we're out of the Stephen A. part. No. <laughs> Cleo Lemon, very underrated going into this draft. That's the name I've heard in a long time. Extremely underrated. Gus Ferrat, another name underrated in this draft. You want to talk about an arm? Josh McCown has an arm. Cade McNown is the best of the McNown brothers. Isn't it McCown? McNown, McCown. It's the same. They're family. They're brothers. I don't believe a damn thing you're saying. 
believe a damn word. Burke, we should have like prepped for this because I don't I don't know when you're going to stop. <laughs> you're scaring. Me. Definitely should have put a limit on it. Yeah, <laughs> we put a timer on this, as in it's over. Lambert, I appreciate you coming in here. Appreciate you coming to be on the show. I don't believe a damn word you're saying. But everything you said is wrong. Everything you said is just malarkey. Malarkey. Malarkey? Does he actually say malarkey? Does he have to? If he doesn't, he should. He should. He says appalled a lot. I'm appalled! (laughs) I'm offended, I'm distraught, I'm appalled. (laughs) I'm appalled Paul Brown didn't make it as a quarterback in New York. It was not his fault, it was Gettleman's. David... Gettleman's. Okay. Do you want to talk about tight ends? Because I've got a lot of information on tight ends. If you haven't seen my videos, they're they're all personal friends of mine. (laughs) I just just want you to know that. I I just got a text 20 seconds ago. I was talking to his agent yesterday. (laughs) Okay. We went to dinner. Went to dinner. Nice Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. He He paid. He does go into detail, don't he? Oh, he goes into detail. He really does. It's like me and me, you, Lambert, Neil, for like, we went to Ponderosa. We each had a nice chopstick dinner. Lambert paid. Nobody's going to Ponderosa. And <laughs> Lambert is never, ever paying. I have. That is, that's the irony of the comment. We just got done talking about my free trip to the beach. So. Yeah, like, you understand. Lambert went to the beach with us one, time, one night, one year, and uh, his, his payment was. Putting on the sun lotion on our hairy backs. It was. It was like, cool. Hey, 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 hey. Free trip. I don't believe a damn free, word you're saying. Free trip. I regret nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we even have pictures. Of I don't think we touched the ocean that year. <laughs> no. Touched a lot of bars. Got thrown out a few. But Stephen A. Hats <laughs> off from us on a fantastic career. Making money for nothing. Getting chicks for free. Dude, you're basically the Hugh Jackson of sports analysis. Absolutely. Great. That is, that is the best analogy I imagine ever. Colin Coward walks by him and they just long stare each other as they're drifting apart. Uh, is, he, is Coward still with ESPN? No? I don't think Fox? so. I, think so I don't Fox. even know. I don't know. That's it, the thing about it, ESPN. I don't know who they got. I don't know who they have. They don't have anybody. They've they got people. They've got, I just don't know them. They're not even verified on Twitter. They've got the Green or Greeny, the Golix, and Stephen A. The go, Greeny, the Gol. Okay. They got Trey Wingo still. They got Kenny Maines with the main event. So I'll tell you right now, that is the best yeah. segment they have. Kenny Maines should be the highest paid personality they have. So in other words, <laughs> he Stephen talks, A. He talks on horse racing events and it's glorious. Yeah. Stephen A. could literally be like, I was in the ESPN cafeteria having lunch with Mike. Co-worker Goldberg. That's who you said work there. Go, go Goldberg. <laughs> we speared a whole thing of lettuce. Split it. Put ranch on it. I don't believe a damn word he said at that lunch. But he paid. It was a wedge salad. But he paid. Anyhow. Moving on, please. For the love of God, please move on. We're only 13 minutes in. I can do this all night. I know you can, and I just I really don't want you Actually, to. Actually, my throat kind of hurts. Thank I don't God. believe a damn word you're saying. <laughs> I, I don't believe a damn word you're saying either. <sighs> no wonder people keep going to first, they're not first take, but in a, or Fox Sports. Uh, no wonder Shannon Sharp is already regarded as a an analytical genius. He's a good over time, Stephen really. A. Smith. I enjoy really watching. I will give him uh, Fox Sports the credit. Um, Skip and Shannon. Still don't like Skip though. Yeah, oh, Skip, Skip is just as unknowledgeable. I, I watch about no every disrespect. day. He no might disrespect. have the most punchable face in sports <laughs> next to Colin Cowherd. God and God. even if I agree with him, I'm like, God dang it, I want to punch you in the mouth. Yeah. Everything, Just the way words roll off your tongue make me hate you more. But I'm going to keep watching. You know who Skip reminds me of? Every villain in every romantic comedy ever made. Every every guy that treats the girl like crap and is like, you know, swanky and swaggy, except he's tiny and he always looks beautiful. angry. I've never seen the guy smile. I don't think he smiles. Like and, a like an it, old skinny me, apparently. And every player on Dallas is great. Oh, guarantee it. LeBron James. So much Homer ball on ESPN. Hall of Fame. LeBron James. Hall of Fame. 
Well, Which obviously he's the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest right. player of all time. But if you like, announce you, it, you you cannot. You're smart. You cannot. It, Skip Bayless cannot go through without like just bashing another Hall of Famer in favor of LeBron James. We'll get to our Skip Bayless tribute. All right, eventually well, when he's the highest paid analyst in the history of sports. Right. <laughs> By Spike Sports. Eventually. Okay. Didn't Spike go under? Yeah. I don't believe a damn word you're saying right now. <laughs> How do you go under whenever you show Fight Club twice a day? I watched like, why Spike would... yesterday. I talked to his agent. He paid for dinner. <laughs> Let's talk tight ends. We, we were amped to do this show about tight ends because... And then you derailed us. That Sorry. Was, it was Go ahead. The, the plan from the get-go was to derail us. Just just like running back in uh, Detroit. I don't believe Carry it. Carry on. Damn word you're saying. That's going to be my new thing, though. Anytime you start talking about anything I disagree with, I don't believe a damn word you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get real. That's... Uh, Real, real. You really want to end this show <laughs> at about 120 episodes. Button for it. Which button? Just get a button. For oh, for I don't believe a damn word you say. Okay. <laughs> then you don't have to say it. So I, I don't know about the other two guys here, but me and Arms had discussed and come upon an agreement. I believe that uh, we all know that Iowa's tight ends are amazing, but I don't think I knew how amazing they were. I don't think I've seen two prospects. Like this at tight end, actually three, but two out of Iowa. Never seen two prospects like this that impressed me so much. Like to me, dude, they are you going to deliver be, a eulogy? What just happened to your voice? They have to be a lock. Me, hold on a second. We're going to I get, went from we're, this. We're going to get to serious this. for a second. Let me put on my bedroom voice. I went from this. I don't this. see nothing wrong. Oh, sorry. So anyhow. I, it might be the voice coming I, down from the yelling. I agree. I um, we discussed it a little bit. The tight ends from Iowa it, together. You know, I'm not saying either one of them are going to be the greatest of all time or anything like that. But together on one college team, it's it's the equivalent of having Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham on LSU in college. You're like, wait, these guys played together. I mean, it, and I'm obviously, I don't think that they're that level of talent, you know, by any stretch. But it's very impressive to have two players of that high of a caliber at their position on the same team at the same time. It's, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't play for Alabama. It is tight end, tight end university right now, currently. Oh, absolutely. Because Kittle just came from there, too. Absolutely. I don't believe I've seen two tight ends that I've been more excited about for fantasy purposes out of the rookie class. In the past five years. And is that because of the play last year? Just because tight end was so bad that there's so much excitement about the young guys coming in this year? Could definitely because influence they, it. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they played very well, but it it just seems like there's so much excitement about the young tight ends I mean, if because we, the tight ends in the NFL last year were trash. I mean, let's look at last year's tight end class. So we have Goddard, who didn't really do anything. Gasecki, who didn't really do anything. Then, you know, a lot of people like uh, Hurst did got, nothing. He got outplayed yeah. when he did play. Mark Andrews looked okay, but Mark Andrews, <clears throat> excuse me, more of a blocking tight end, has the ability to catch the ball. Look good, though. He, he did, still, he he still outperformed Hurst. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I and think he will from Hunter Henry had a great season. We stopped that. We stopped that. Hayden Henry. Hayden Hurst Henry. <laughs> but, you know, there, there, are, you, there were a couple of kind of – I don't want to say bright spots, but they were above dim in the tight end class. And you, I mean, you saw that Goddard has ability. You know, you did see that um, the Andrews has ability. I mean, this class though looks like. I mean, they've been talking about safeties. You know, more safeties being drafted than cornerbacks. Like tight ends are. This is honestly, in my opinion, a special tight end class. Tight ends are pretty undervalued in the NFL as far as that goes. But I think there's a lot of guys, you know, four, five, six guys in this class that could actually make an impact immediately on their team. And there's, you know, three or four that could make an impact on your fantasy team possibly as early as next year. And I'm telling you right now, if you there, I can name three of them off the top of my head. If you pick them up and they don't perform great next year, do not let them go. They're going to be at at worst a second year breakout because they could you know come in behind a uh, a more established guy. I agree. I agree too. But I, but I mean, I I do think the tight ends last year were terrible. But 
still, even still on tape, like to me, TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant and Irv Smith are can't miss first round prospects. I don't think any of these guys should slip to round two. And if they do, I think teams are crazy. Even if you don't necessarily need a tight end, like Philadelphia grabbed Dallas Goddard last year and they don't need, they didn't need a tight end. I mean, technically you could say a Trey Burton replacement. Sure. Maybe in the future, Zach Ertz is, you know, allowed to walk because Goddard looks so good, which I believe is the last year of Ertz's contract. Yeah. Right. I mean, and I, I get why they did. I, but, I, but I, I mean, know where you're going. But, but it's a two-year. It's a high draft pick for a, for two years of we don't need you yet, which teams do that. But I, I don't care who it is. I don't care. If Miami drafts Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson, I'm not upset. Even though we just grabbed Mike Gusecki, I'm not upset at all because those players are going to help your football team. Well, they need as many weapons as they can get. They need as many Everything or a weapon, as far as that goes, I don't believe it. I don't believe a word you're saying. Actually, I hey, mark it down here. This isn't tied in, but take a flyer on Albert Wilson again next year. If he's healthy, he's going to be good. He he was good when he played. Yeah, oh, he was a stud when he played. But and we we talked about that in the offseason last year. But anyhow, let's let's go on down the list. Let's break them down. Bark. Let's break them down. I mean, we 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 talked about how they're. Can't miss prospects, both from Iowa. Okay, but let's talk about what makes them special. I need sound. No. (laughs) Carry on. TJ Hawkinson, what makes him special? Like What what stands out about Hawkinson's game that makes him a surefire round one prospect? He's a three-down starter in the NFL. He can block. He can catch. He's athletic. He's going to be a great tight end for... Not just an NFL team, but your fantasy team. So my comp to TJ Hawkinson, and I I saw two players, and I was kind of torn. So I'm just saying he's a mix. Like he's got, he doesn't have a, a long, fast stride. I mean, the guy ran like a four seven at the, yeah, at the yeah, combine. He ran, he ran a four seven. It wasn't incredibly fast, but Dallas Clark wasn't incredibly fast. Incredibly effective for your fantasy team. Jason Witten wasn't incredibly fast. Incredibly effective for your fantasy team. I see him as some mixture in there. Is he going to blow you? You know, he's not burning past anybody, but he fights for yards after the catch. He catches in traffic well, tracks the ball well. I mean, the guy catch, I know it should go without saying, catches with two hands, not a lot of body catches. Like, you got to love what TJ Hawkinson's putting on tape. I mean, I, I personally have him as my number two, but that's only behind Fant, and we'll get to him in a moment. I got him as my number one, and it is splitting hairs because Noah Fant, I, I, to me, for fantasy, I don't have a clear cut. I mean, Noah Fant is the game breaker of the two, the guy that you saw on tape catching more downfield passes than any other tight end in recent memory. I mean, he didn't have a ton of catches in college. I'm not saying he put up the production. I'm saying what was thrown to him, a lot of that was downfield. Hawkinson, kind of the same thing, but he did a lot more of that Kittle underneath and then take it upfield. But there was also a lot of plays where he was getting deep shots. Like, I... I think that Hawkinson, just because he's not as athletic, and he's athletic as in right, <clears throat> I hate even saying that, but even though Noah Fant looks like the super athlete and Hawkinson looks like the all-around, I think on tape Hawkinson looked way better than just all-around. I think he looked like he could be a perennial 80-100 to 100 reception tight end guy and I, score I, double-digit touchdowns, I, get a 1,000 yards. I, I'm not worried about his offensive production at all, even though he's the all-around guy. I could absolutely see it. Neil, I know you've got a lot to say on mm-hmm. Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're both talking about the same, well, between him and Fant, Fant's basically just a big burner. He's he's more, he's more To me, he's more one-dimensional. He's catching a lot of balls. He's obviously fast, has breakaway speed. But he's not the, he's not the like, like Lambert said, he's not the three-down guy. You know what I mean, he's going to give you production. And, and yeah, but, but are you going to make the argument that Travis Kelsey's not a three down guy? Well, he is. You know, I mean, I I see a excuse me a lot of a Travis Kelsey, a lot of a George Kittle. Yeah, I see a lot of an Aaron Hernandez with the Patriots, not with the the uh, the penal system. I see a lot right. of him, him and Noah Fant. I mean, that athleticism is special. But continue. Yeah, but Hawkinson's got better hands too. What yeah. what was the name of the the team on? The Mean Machine? The Mean Machine. Yeah. It's not, not the stats Aaron Hernandez put up with the Mean Machine, 
but rather the Patriots. Yeah, but we spoke spoke before about fans. He's going, he when he gets hit, he's down. Hawkinson's dragging four or five people behind him. I didn't see that. I mean, I saw some of that, but, but I saw it, plenty of plays but, but, where but, no effect. I saw a lot of him tackles. burning people. Yes, but as far as like actually on contact, he, he's nothing like Hawkinson. A lot of good no, red zone usage for Hawkinson. Yeah, Hawkinson's will. I mean, here, here's where I'm going to give him credit. He's going to outbody Fant, right? So you put him against the same linebacker, the same safety. Hawkins going to outbody somebody, but Fant's an, a matchup nightmare. Oh, God, like, yeah. who who are you putting on on Noah Fant? I mean, he's, he's six foot four. He ran four five at tight end. I mean, that's that's moving on. We're talking, and you can you know compare him to whoever you want. Like I I've got. Fan, as I, like I said, some somewhere around Kittle, Kelsey, Hernandez level of actual uh, physical prowess. Like that, I could see him being any of those guys. I, and all three haven't been ridiculously productive. I I don't have any qualms with having him as you know. It, I'm telling you right now, if I'm drafting tight end five, you know, four tight ends came off the board. I'm comfortable right now taking no offense. But aren't you? I mean, I'm gonna take a hard stance on this one because I'm like, I'm getting sick of the NFL always having like default guys like Fant. I'm tired of this. All oh, they're playmakers. That's all they are. I want the guys like Hawkinson that's gonna be run blocking every down, catching balls, all that for your fantasy team. In general, and fantasy. Me too, I, but you, but, the, but, don't, but don't you get sick of it though? I mean, really? Yeah, but, but we're no. also talking about the game breaker two years ago was David Njoku. But who was the, who was the special tight end out of that class? It was George Kittle. There's right. no doubt about it, but it's not like every year is going to be the same. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not going to bat against Hawkinson for Fant, but Fant, the potential, the game breaking ability, the speed, the way he goes up and gets it, the way he can contort his body to get it, he's he's a prospect. I don't care that he can't do the other things. Like th- this is a perfect example of a passing team going out to get a passing tight end, and then a team that needs to do it all tight end. And, you know, somebody that can catch the ball going after Hawkinson. They're just different players. I mean, which I don't, I don't where, think that by any means. Which is where come in. I don't, I, by any means, that doesn't knock Noah Fant I don't think anyone's expecting Travis Kelsey or George Kittle to, you know, to chuck J.J. Watt inside. You know what I mean? I, uh, these uh, things yeah. aren't happening. I just know, like, if I, where I'm at, I say at 1-5, I'm taking Hawkinson. I don't care where he goes. Hawkinson's one for me, too, because of all the other things that he does, but... I, like, if I miss out on Hawkinson and I do need a pass-catching tight end, I'm not upset to have to take well, no fans. No, nobody will be ex- uh, uh, um, upset at all, I understand. But it's like the NFL has 20 fans. It's just, I don't want do another they? fan. Name them. Name them. No, 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 exactly. I, I, no, no. I, I'm not oh, talking, no, I don't believe a I damn mean, word I'm not saying. talking about production-wise because we don't even know what his production is. We're just speculating. But how many tight ends come out like, oh, he's a game-breaker, he's a pass-catching Not that many. Exactly. None of them has actually came to be that way. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't remember. I had 17 touchdowns in two years. I mean, the guy's, he's a red zone threat. He's a deep ball threat. He's a matchup nightmare. Right. That's what's happening in college. But like, everybody, come, the people that are coming in the drafts are like, we're going to come in and do the same thing. Has it happened? It, ha- it hasn't happened. It doesn't happen consistently. And normally a tight end's a one year wait and see. Typically, O.J. Howard didn't do Jack his first year. No fan. George looks, Kittle didn't do Jack his first he year. He's good. Just, yeah, Ertz, what he was looks, he, two or three years in the league before he did anything? I mean, Gronk is about the exception to the rule. It, what His rookie year, he had a nice year. and after, I mean, Gronk for, con, was consistently T.E. one for several years. You know, I mean... I, I'm 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 loving me some no fan. I listen. I, I'm not trying to knock Hawkinson. Not at all. By any stretch of the imagination, because I have all. I would be absolutely ecstatic if I come away. Let's say I miss out on Kittle, miss out on Kelsey, miss out on Evan Ingram. I'm I'm pumped about coming away with Hawkinson, Fant, or Irv Smith. I'm pumped. Oh, I would actually take OJ Howard over all of them. But, but things like what comes down to it, all the rookies. Fancy wise, you think he's gonna be the best? You take OJ Howard off over this year's rookies? Yes. No way. No. Next year, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you. I'm I'm in that boat. OJ Howard's going to have a hell of a year next year. Um, I, I like OJ Howard. I got no problem with OJ Howard, but OJ Howard to me is like Irv Smith in this draft. Yeah, one, okay. of, one of these rookies. <laughs> I, I, know, I, know, exactly. I know that that's great. I'll get but, there in a second. I know, but Hawkinson and Fant are bigger prospects to me. One of these rookies has to go to New England. For me to take them over OJ Howard, they're, they're both going. They're both going to go before even gets to New England. New England's not have a shot at it. 
See, man, tight ends don't go that high, though. They have a lot of them Hayden going. Hurst went pretty freaking high. I know, high. but. I mean, they, have, they have Hawkinson going Baltimore. anywhere from 8 they, to 12 right now. They they, that's where he belongs. I, I think that's where Hawkinson belongs. Fant belongs 10 to 15. I was going to say, opinion. Baltimore. Now, this is where we're getting into the team fits, right? I don't think Noah Fant fits in Baltimore, but I do think TJ Hawkinson does. Baltimore? I thought he just said Baltimore. I was talking about last year. Yeah, they drafted no, I'm, three. I'm last sorry. Year I'm, I'm just saying a, a player before. like him would would do well there. And I know they've got a ton. I get it, but they, I believe. They, I also don't think they have a game breaker like either one of the either of the three, any three of these guys. Teams don't have to have one. I mean, that's something too. They don't have to have. I a mean, game how many how many years did, on their system? How many years did Baltimore get by with Todd Heap? Plenty. And, and Todd Heap did everything. Yeah. That's, 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 that's what that's what I'm getting at. That's a Hawkinson. That's not. It's not a fan. What year was that? Many years. They're like 30, though. No, right? I mean, how many years ago? Like, it's oh, a new it? NFL. They're running different systems. And that's what I like. It's why, that's why it's, the values went down so low on tight ends. But the move tight end is is growing. That's that's what people are looking for. Yeah, it's, it's the game evolving. And that doesn't mean TJ Hawkinson suffers. He could be a move tight end. I oh, can do it all. But, I mean, same with Noah Fan. You give me Noah Fan. I'm looking at the list of teams. Give me Noah Fan on Arizona. I'll be happy to take oh, him. Oh, yeah. Give me Noah Fan. In Seattle, in Los Angeles for the Rams. To be fair, I'll take him on anybody, to be honest. I'm, it's, yeah, I mean, we're, any tight endish needy team. I mean, he goes to Oakland. If he goes to Oakland, to pick No, a fan on the Lions. Four, I'm yeah, I'll pass. Here. <laughs> I'll pass. If one of these guys go to the Lions, it's over. Or, or the uh, the Packers. Packers don't Or the Packers, in. yeah. But they've had some luck. It's just been a long time. It's just barely. Like, the only reason to have Hawkinson over Fant is... Because Hawkinson's going to be on the field more. Yeah, he's going to have more opportunity, and and Fant could be used more as a specialist just to bring him along. Because I mean, Fant's not the worst blocker in the world, but no, I don't think not, he's good I'm enough not to be on the his field. His blocking either. It just Hawkinson can do it all. He's hey, listen. I, I like once again acknowledging fully Hawkinson better blocking tight end. Blocks don't get you stats in fantasy football, but it gets you playtime in real football. Oh yeah, a rookie running back suffer because they can't block. We we draft guys and then we're like, oh, he's gonna be a beast. Well, he can't block. He's not getting on the field. Right. Okay, I'll take the uh, the forty yard you know uh, post routes over no offense or not no offense. Excuse me, T.J. Hawkinson's uh, you chop know blocks. his his chop blocks, and his, his drag route. Hawkinson can run those forty yards. He's faster uh, than Holyfield. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. We are splitting hairs here yeah. from, from potential fantasy production. We're splitting Absolutely. hairs. Absolutely. Yep. Because I think both of them are going to be very, very good. And I, I'm not joking. My top three, I, I feel like all are going to be top ten tight ends possibly in this year's draft class. In, in this year's, excuse me, in this year's uh, tight end class. Got to remember, too. Fant. Just a sophomore. I, I, there's room to grow there. And Hawkinson came out early, too. I mean, I'm he, just yeah. – I'm as intrigued by these guys. Like, if I need a tight end in fantasy, I, I'm i not hesitating to pull the trigger on using my first. If you my have either one first. of them at one or, one or two, you're not wrong. No. Yeah. No. But but then in the same right, like, dynasty. Where are you, where are you taking them in dynasty? I, to me, they're both first round dynasty picks in rookie drafts. Oh yeah, I, I would take I, I would take Hawkinson at one five. You're going to take Hawkinson at one five easily. I don't blame awesome. Him. I got one six. I can't wait. I don't. Well, I, I, don't, have don't Rudolph, I have Kyle Rudolph right now. And I me, mean, can you name like three like top tier um, tight ends? Kelsey and who else? Ertz. Kelsey Kittle Ertz. Ertz. Yeah, that's it. Right. Uh, that, that's, I like that's Ingram. Based. I like OJ Howard. I like Ingram and Howard, but I mean, he's right on the I, top three. That's kind yeah. of where it ends. Because you could draft Hawkinson or Fant, they could end up being better than Ingram or Howard. I mean, not saying they will. Yes, I said they you're could. You're right in theory. I mean, they they could be. I just I I've liked enough of what I've saw about Howard. I've liked enough out of what I've saw about uh, with Ingram. Like I I love what they've already put on tape in the NFL. I either see that that top five. Like I do think Kittle and Kelsey are pretty much. And er, uh, excuse me, yeah, and Ertz right there, one, two, three. But I could easily see one of the other two getting that third spot. I could see it. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but I could see it happening. Okay. Okay. The forgotten man that we touched on very lightly, Irv Smith. 
Irv Smith would be an excellent start to a tight end class any other year. Yeah. Any other year. But this year, he's third. Now, it's debatable. Some people have him as one. Some people have him as two. Most people have him at three. And it's it's kind of unfair because Irv Smith is also a beast. I have no problem drafting him in the back end of round one in dynasties. And I think that he should fall anywhere in the draft between about 18 and 25. See, I, I think, I mean, fancy wise, I could see him being maybe the fourth or fifth guy production wise. Like rookie wise? Yes. Okay. Rookie wise. Okay. But as far as like at the actual, you know, real life football wise, he might be one of the better ones to grab. He's going to put, he's, he's one of the best blockers coming out. You, you don't go to Alabama and not know how to block. Right. From what I've seen, he's been he, he's slated to be better than Howard. That I mean, that's who my comp to him is. Yeah. He looks a lot like O.J. Howard. Just the random 70-yard touchdowns. You're like, how in God's name did he break those two tackles? And, bur- you know, not burn, but nobody caught up with him enough to tackle him. You know what I mean? He ran a 4-6-3. I mean, yeah, he's, he's not pretty, slow. Yeah, I mean, he's very short, though. That's the thing. He's right there with uh, super athlete David and Joku in speed. Right now, now here's a case where you truly don't really have the stats to back up Irv Smith. I mean, his breakout year was this past year, and it came to the tune of 44 catches for seven, ten, and seven touchdowns. That's great, especially on an Alabama offense. That's great, but it's not the college numbers that sticks out about Irv Smith. It's he's got what pedigree, he can be. Though. He's got pedigree. His father played in the NFL, first-round pick, actually, in 93. Yeah. His uncle played uh, tight end for the uh, Falcons. Is this draft all about the fact that like you can't judge the stat lines from the Alabama players? Pretty much. But, yeah, but with Irv Smith, he's a good route runner. He's one of the best blockers coming out. He has so do you have Irv Smith over Noah Fant? No, I don't. Okay. But as far as the overall prospect NFL-wise, I mean, not fancy-wise, but real-life-wise. I get that. I, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if Irv Smith slotted ahead of Noah Fan. I don't, I don't I think he I wouldn't be surprised if Irv Smith either. was the number one tight end coming out, just based on his pedigree, based on where he came from. I, I get that. He's going to be a three to he's, he's going to be on the field constantly. Just can't see him. He's not flashy at all, but he's going to be out there. Yeah, but if you really, if you go back and watch O.J. Howard's tape, not incredibly flashy. Just gets it done. He was flashy smoking um, Cubs and Tigers that time. I know that much. <laughs> well, yeah. That happened. He burnt my guys up. Unbelievable. Dang, what did you say? <laughs> Irv Smith clocks in. Those are the consensus. One, two, and three. Most everyone you talk to, that's going to be their guys. After that's where it gets a little dicey. Not much. I think Caleb Wilson is kind of the consensus overall number four. But it's it's not with the same gap as the other three. Now, granted, statistically he's better. Statistically he's better. And again, if none of the top three were in this draft, Caleb Wilson would be an exciting tight end prospect. You're exactly he right. He still is, but I mean, he would be an exciting tight end prospect in most years. So we're uh, athletically wise, finished basically out of the more elite prospects, number two in the forty. You know, he was number, I believe, two in the uh, in the or number three in the three cone. Like, he's a fine tight end. I my comp to him, which I, I hate to say it, but he he reminds me so much of Jimmy Graham. I know he's a lot smaller than Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's like six seven, but <laughs> but that's what he looks like in tape. And did they go to the same? They went to the same college, didn't they? Look where Jimmy went to. He, I feel like Jimmy Graham went to UCLA. I could be wrong on that. Mm. But, like, he just looks very smooth out there on the field, which, you know, honestly, that's the thing I've got with uh, Fant and the thing I've got with Irv Smith and Caleb, uh, Caleb Wilson. All very smooth. Not a lot of uh, choppiness to him. All of them really fight well after the catch. Um, I feel like uh, Wilson, though, he, he has a little bit better high point maybe than the other three. Well, two of the other three. I think Fant's above him. But, you know, he, I, I love him as, as a prospect. Now, the you, just so. Oh, just oh yeah, so you're right. You're you right. keep going. You're I right. just want to say you're right. Okay. But the thing about Wilson is I could see him in the right system being right up there within the top 10. But if he goes to, you know, he's probably going to the Colts because, you know, it's just like the other three above him. They're all going to the Colts. The Colts are going to draft Noah Fant, <laughs> TJ Hawkinson, and Caleb Wilson. But... <laughs> 
here he's he's one where I start getting reserved whenever we d- depend on landing spot. Like if he goes to the wrong situation, like I don't like him over Goddard in Philadelphia once Ertz leaves. I don't like him over Gasecki no, I love in uh in my excuse me in Miami next year. Mm, I that this debatable. is this is where it starts I start drawing a line to where their situation matters. He comes down to the like rest of the tight ends out that I've been complaining about. He can't block. Most tight ends can't block. Well, that's not their job. I, I understand that, but that's the glorified wide receivers. They're body wide receivers. Outbody a man at wide receiver. Yeah, but I mean he I think he did have like the, the reception record at UCLA. What is it, sixty receptions, nine hundred and sixty four yards. Sounds, Duke can all, all, sounds like he's got good hands. He obviously catch. Now, after this guy is where it gets muddy, muddy, muddy. I want to know from you guys, if anyone has, who who's next on this list? I've got my guy, but I'm not excited about it. And it, it was it was like the wide receivers splitting hairs to decide who was going to be number three, number four, number five. Tight ends, this is where it comes down to splitting hairs. It's like, who's your favorite that you watched? So I, I started getting tore up here, kind of in the same thing. It's like, oh, I like this guy, but for a different reason. And I don't know about game-breaking ability. But I'm going to go with Josh Oliver out of San Jose State. And the reason being is he's for, he's not a burner, right? The guy he ran a four six three, you know, fairly agile with the seven two uh, seven two one in the three cone. He reminded me a lot of like a Martellus Bennett, you know, not burning anybody, but it, getting through them, so to speak. Like I, I liked what he what he put on tape, but who did he play? Another mismatch guy. Yeah, oh, he's a great yeah. mismatch guy. <clears throat> Who did who did who was his competition? So that that's where I start. It gets as you said dicey for me. I'm like, uh, like he didn't have the level of competition that maybe you know Irv Smith or Wilson had. You know, like that. I but I he looked great doing what he did. Neil, you've got a big list in front of you. Well, who comes after Wilson? One concern I've got with Wilson is you know playing in an inferior conference. Right, four touchdowns. Mm, that's 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 a little bit of a question mark. If you're a top flight tight end, you've got to put better than four touchdowns right. against inferior competition. And my next guy is Dawson Knox from Ole Miss. And give us the why. Well, one he he had good receptions. He can block. So therefore, I look at I always mention the blocking fact because they're going to see him more time on the field. And he runs like wide receiver. He's one of the ones actually, and pretty high on maybe. Maybe the five to six range. I mean, hold on a second. He had 15 catches. He, he right. runs like a wide receiver in a four seven. Right. Four seven three. I mean, he ran. He don't don't just, forget I mean, about here's don't what forget I'm gonna about on field speed. Hawkins no 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 no. Here, here's, right. here's what I'm going to say. He runs better than four seven. I, I can't buy into any Nelson Doc stock. Because he had three very, very good wide receivers on his team. He had three NFL starting level, even if you consider Lodge, you know, as a wide receiver four, it's still NFL starting level wide receivers. I'm not going to put much stock into a guy that had 15 receptions. I mean, that's where I... Now, average almost 20 yards catch. I'll give you that, you know. But how much of it was being wide open because you're unaccounted for so I mean that's that's my worry on Knox. I don't I don't have him inside my top ten. I I've got him in the top ten, but he doesn't slot in at four for me. That's Jace Sternberger in my opinion, and I and I think he's going to make a team of very you mean five very five. I'm sorry, very happy red zone threat that can do a little bit of everything too. Stern okay. Sternberger's the guy for me. I I don't I don't not like Dawson Knox. I think there's some untapped potential with Knox and Sternberger. But, yeah, Sternberger's the guy for me after Caleb Wilson. See, that's what's funny. Everybody, <clears throat> after those four, it's everybody's different because I'm going Caden Smith here. And it probably will be the rest of the way through. Right, yeah. Yeah, just Caden Smith, you know, last year he ran really slow at the combine. He like 492 or something yeah. like that. Oh, it was awful. I, but, think, I'm, I think I'm faster and he may be faster. <laughs> the way he played at Stanford, I, I, I like him above all those other He has like probably top three hands out of the class, too. Yeah, well, he, but what's that doing for any? I mean, if you can, if you're covered completely up by like the nose guard, 
<laughs> See, what like, are you doing with the four nine two speed? When I watch tape on him, yeah, he he runs like he's running through molasses or something. But he's like he's winning these contested balls. He's bringing the ball down. He's he's got, his hands are insane. I don't know how he's I don't know how he's even getting past anybody, but he is somehow. Yeah, just apparently like a bowling ball. <laughs> I mean, more of a tank than he is a tight yeah. end, though. You know what I mean? Stanford makes the tight ends look good, I guess. I don't know. They, and they do. I mean. Who who was it? Um, Colby Fleener. Colby Fleener. I mean, Colby Fleener got drafted by the Saints because he looked like a Colts. stud. In, Colts. Yeah, Colts. You know, oh yeah. Now then he went. Come to on, yeah, Colts uh, got Colby Fleener when he was drafted yeah, right. by the Saints. <laughs> I don't believe I, the damn word you're saying. I talked to his agent. We knew he was going to be the best tight end that ever played, uh, all, and all he proved it to be true. Uh, Moving on. Colby Fleener got made got a contract in the NFL because Andrew Luck hearted him. He loved him. He was he, a good prospect. He, he was. Uh, it actually, just didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't always. It was like Ladarius Green. So exciting, but it just don't. It didn't work out. His father Chargers kept saying, Gates, please come back. Yeah, and Kobe Fleener. Please come back. You put Kobe Fleener's prime years in this year's fantasy stats, and he's a top He's a top 10 guy. I, I mean, he just played at the wrong time. He, he broke through at the wrong time. There were better tight ends playing back then. But Kobe Fleener was the best draft pick Saints ever had. <laughs> Moving on. So then, what was that? It was my beer bottles clanking. What? I'm getting intoxicated over here while you guys are talking about fantasy football. Oh, I got you. Next, someone give me the next name on their list. I'll give you mine afterwards. Uh, Cahale Waring. Uh, San Diego State. I have, I have the San Jose State. Tied so, in Josh Oliver next. So, once again, we have kind of the same issue that I have with Josh Oliver. Um, what what level of competition he had? But you know, four six seven, not awful, but not great. You know, same uh, three cone as uh, as Josh Oliver, seven two one. You know, broad jump, well with over ten feet. The thing is, he he seems like the one of the better bodying up a guy in this year's draft. I, I comp him uh, very closely to like a Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Todd Heap, Heath Miller kind of guy to where he's, he's not getting past anybody. Just clarify. He, he's just, that's not his game. His game is getting in front of you and outworking you for the ball. Can I say something about yeah. the San Diego State product? Go yourself, San Diego. <laughs> but not my top. But no, I mean, he, he's, he, I think he'll be a fine overall in, uh, quarterback, or not quarterback, Jesus Christ, tight end in the NFL. But at the end of the day, I, I don't see a lot coming fantasy-wise, at least not this year. I mean, you're playing in San Diego State. Dude, you had three touchdowns, you know, during 2018. What the hell? So, anyhow. I mean, a lot of the back-end tight ends, their production wasn't that great, so it's really hard to judge anything. It does get I mean, and, and none, of them have been, none of them were like workout machines either. You know no. what I mean? None of them was, oh my God, you put up a 4-4 in the 40. So the the back end of the top ten you you got to worry about because it, a we don't have production b we don't have have athleticism why do we think this anything you do is going to translate well to the NFL is he going to make a team yes is he going to be a NFL starter most likely is he going to be a fantasy asset most likely not is there a guy still out there that you think has the upside to possibly be a top five tight end once it's all said and done. Once all the careers are over, Hawkinson and Fant cement themselves in the NFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> who, who's next? Who who could come out of nowhere to be one of those guys? You mentioned him earlier, uh, Josh Oliver. I mentioned him earlier. Go ahead. Yeah, we've all kind of. Thought, actually, Neil. He was next. Neil I was your next him. guy. Josh Oliver was uh, yeah. not the San you know not the uh, San Diego product but the San Jose <laughs> San Hose, product. Yeah. Got ran a four six three. He's just a, a matchup nightmare again. Absolutely. Another receiving tight end. I think that's kind of the way the NFL's heading. That's why I like him to to be fantasy productive anyway. My guy that I think could come out of nowhere is Alizé Mack. And normally I'm not big on Notre Dame prospects, but I think if there's a guy that could develop into a better player than what he actually projects. It's Alize Mack. And some of his early numbers were hurt by trash quarterback play too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if he if he gets 
on the right team with a really good quarterback and they develop him properly, I mean, I think he could be regarded as like in the top five of tight ends out of this class. It's not a given. It's a long shot. But, I mean, I just see the potential there. Here, Here's my problem with Alzheimer's Mack. He catches the ball. He works his ass off to get two more yards. But that's all he gets. Unless Isles A. Mack is wide freaking open with nobody covering him, he's not getting yards. I, that That's what I see. You know, obviously not watching every catch the guy makes, but it, it just doesn't look like he has. He's got fight in him. It just he's not winning it. And I, I that that's a disappointment for me. I mean, I have him in my top ten. Um, but a, a guy I haven't mentioned that you have was Jay Sternberger. And he not not. Burner fast. Um, I had him at seven. Um, so he's not a stern burner. Correct. My, he's <laughs> like the, the only comp I can find to Sternberger is kind of like a slower version of Zach Ertz. You know, in slower version with great hands. Kind of he had a lot of yards. He put yeah. up a lot of yards. For I'll give. Him. I'll give him one thing. He's got the tight end name. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's Absolutely. Sternberger screams tight end. Yeah, I mean, it, almost I get, like Jake Butt. <laughs> I can see him having a productive NFL career, but never going to approach your top five. He's going to be a you know ten to fifteen kind of guy, someone you're satisfied having if you just basically punted the position, like a Jesse James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> boy, he's good. he's just going to tear the world up in Detroit. The <laughs> out, the outlaw, greatest nickname. You better call somebody. That's what he, that's what he'll say after he scores his first touchdown in Week 16 for the Lions. Hoorah. So, you talk about Mac Sternberger. I'm all, I'm all the way down to uh, Dax Raymond. I'm waiting for Neil. He's got this big old list out. Yeah, Neil, my, Neil, my, you get my list is covered he pretty much. He walked in. That list looks a mile long. He walked in and he slams <laughs> his paper him. on the table and he's like, listen, bitches. Tonight... <laughs> We, it's we, all we, about Neil. No, we discussed pretty much everybody. Back row Neil. The the Moreau kid out of LSU. I looked at him a good bit, but his production wasn't really there. But he he played solid. Yeah, but yeah, but l- no l- one produces. That's what I was gonna say. There, in LSU, there's never been a receiver right. any receiving position in LSU yeah. that you're ecstatic about, and yet we have two top five receivers in the NFL. You know, perennially, yeah. typically. But what I watched from him, he, he looked impressive to me. But like, obviously, like we just, just discussed. It. Production numbers weren't there yet, but that's also throw right. I I'm a big Joe Burrow fan because he he grew up you know 20 minutes down the road. Who? Joey Burrow. Never heard of her. <laughs> Anyhow, but at this point, and I, I've not to knock the guy at all, but there are times to where you're like, mm, he's not an NFL quarterback yet. Like that that pass sailed, and how many how many times was there a target on Moreau that you know went right. over his head? That, you know, so I mean, I, I'll give you credit on him to where he, I think he does have potential. Um, he I actually have him slated at ten, but he's got potential. It's just it's terrifying to know that there's no no uh, production there to back up your your slotting. No one's mentioned Gentry either out of Michigan. Not yet. I was going to go through okay. some of these remaining and, and just see what thoughts are, and he's on there. So I, I think he's still worthy of, of top 10 in this year's class. I think so, too, and he's the typically slotted outside of the top 10. But, you know, Michigan produces solid NFL tight ends. But never on a fantasy aspect. Not on a fantasy right. aspect, no, or else we'd be talking about him. And The, the most productive uh, tight end Michigan's produces Devin Funches. <laughs> Who Who's the Colts drafted first overall? Yeah, I mean, we we here's the thing. We've discussed it many times in the NFL. The landscape is atrocious, but this class is more exciting just because the top five or six are fairly exciting. Actually, to me, the top seven pretty exciting guys. Once you get past them, you start. We're Whew. just we're just grabbing. Not exciting. Top it's going to be fun to see where they uh, land know, and see what they can do. Think about That's it. True. I've got Sternberger at seven. I think he's got some ability, and he could absolutely produce well in the NFL. Yeah. Where, where are you drafting him in fantasy? I, I know you don't we have get, a team yet. Hold on a second. So no, one, two, Blindly. Three. Blindly. Where are you taking him in fantasy? Once I get past my top four, uh, we're literally talking late third, early fourth. 
everyone else. I'm not going past. I'm not going in the second round. I'll, I'll take some of the uh, the top level defenders before I'm going to take one of these tight ends. I'm with you. And if he lands in an ideal situation, maybe early to mid third, possibly. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah like four guys that I would actually draft in the first three rounds. Let's hear them. Put well, your money where your well, mouth the, the, is. Nothing. The, the Iowa guys, Sternberger. You know, even though he only had one year, and maybe Herb. Or, but I don't know. Caleb Wilson's actually kind of nice too. So. Yeah, that's that's same. The top five is pretty exciting. Yeah. And I, I've got Sternberger a little bit outside because I do like Josh Oliver. You know, I do like Kahale Warrington. I I think both of them have some. What I I always look at these these uh, college guys and I'm like, who has been successful in the NFL? Who matches up well with this guy? And Kyle Rudolph's been successful in the NFL. Todd Heap was a, a very playable fantasy tight end. Heath Miller, very playable fantasy tied in. Martell's been many times in his career, very uh, playable fantasy tied in. And a lot of these guys match up well with them, you know, physically, athletically, and, you know, hands-wise. So, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm going with it. So, anyhow. Neil, since you're our resident Mountaineer, Trevon Wesco, any thoughts? Slow. He plays hard to be slow, and he'd have a lot of production because it's always going to the speedy wide receivers. He has good hands, good yards after catch. How many times was it dropped exactly where it needed to? That, well, that's that's he, a good point. I mean, listen, it, as you said on the last show, I, Greer could have an excellent NFL career. I mean, you said yourself, words out of your mouth, was Greer is going to be the best yeah, quarterback I'll, in this I'll year's draft. I disagree. I disagree as well. I personally think it's Haskins. All right. but Kyler Murray. Okay. And, Lambert, got any input here? Best quarterback. Best quarterback coming out of this draft when it's all said and mm. done. Matt Damon. I like it. <laughs> Daniel Jones. Daniel freaking Jones. Yep. Look at look at the table. Split. But one of us is getting paid by ESPN eventually. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, no, nobody picked like, you know, the trash quarterback, so we're probably not gonna get a good contract, but you know, it, uh, my point is Greer has NFL talent. If he's not going to be a successful NFL quarterback, it could depend on where he ends up. I think Greer's and, a s- spectacular second-round prospect. I just don't think he'll be the best one. But I, I, if Miami drafts him, I'll be thrilled. Oh, absolutely. Better than anything they've had. In years and you know, like since Marino. <laughs> but, no, I mean, my, my point on uh, – Not funny. Uh, what, who's the tight end out of West Virginia? What, Wesco? Yeah, Wesco. My point on him is – can he, does he have a good catch radius, and how, how much of it is putting it exactly where it needed to be, like where only he can catch it? Yeah. Well, a lot of that was Greer, but the fact like with Wesco, he, 6'3", 267, runs a four eight nine. He's slow. He's slow. I don't, I don't see him much. I don't see him making much of an impact at all. Wesco or Keenan Brown of Texas State. I don't know about him much. Wesco. I'm or Brown Foster Moreau, uh, straight off the island Foster of Doctor Moreau. Moreau. <laughs> I'll go with Moreau. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dex, Dax Raymond, or Trevon Wesco. Dax Raymond. Yeah, Raymond. Dax. Hunter Henry or Henry Hunter. Hunter Henry when he's injured over, <laughs> over Wesco. Overall. <laughs> I mean, listen. Once again, tight end is it's shallow. <laughs> and it's shallow in the NFL. It's fairly shallow in in so college. You're trying but, to say tight end is arms. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's very confident, but it really can't do much. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured you'd like that. But no, here's the thing. It's it's top heavy, but I love 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 the top. That's that's what I'm getting to on this. I I think the top. The four, at least four, maybe five of these guys have every opportunity to at least get into the top 15, 16, which makes them a starter in 16 teams. Well, I just hope by, by the time next year comes around, we actually can say we have 10 guys we can draft. You know, maybe a tight end. No doubt. Don't you, don't you miss like the Ben Coates, the Shannon Sharps, and all that? So, what you're trying to say about this tight end class is the tip is exciting, but the more you go down, it's not as exciting. See, I was thinking. I like a a, a top heavy tight end class. Uh, you know, I, I I prefer my uh, tight end class proportional. I'm just throwing that out there. 
Staring that out there. I can't believe we were so excited about tight ends. It, it, it kind of fell off fast. It did. It did. But once again, the, the top's exciting. We were hooting and hollering. Well, how, how, many, how many times, whenever you get past the top, you're just you're you're just done kind of doing it. To be fair, it. the running backs were done when it started. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> That's true. I'd rather Absolutely. have like, no offense at running back than any running back in this class. <laughs> That's yeah, why Neil's hey. taking him number five. It's like if I had one one, I'd, I'd be more excited about taking one, the, one of these top two tight ends on the, the running backs. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I, I one hundred percent. So if you if you were dead it's last year, league last no, year, no, 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 you own one one, no, right? He, hear I me do. out. Okay, he, 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 hear me out. Let's just say you are at one one, and let which labor it is for shits and giggles, right? You have Kenny Galladay, right? Children, you got Godwin. Just, just okay. So you've got you know some solid in, in Mike Thomas, right? So you've I'm got just some, glad you said Godwin's solid. Finally, <laughs> oh, he, he finally. finally got in a situation where he could be. But Took you, a long you, time. you feel like you're comfortable, and let's say you've got someone else, you know, that you're comfortable with at wide receiver, like uh, Cortland Sutton. Okay. Okay. So you've got four people you feel like you can roll with at wide receiver, and you had Rob Gronkowski, and that was your starting tight end last year. Are you crazy to go with one of these tight ends at number one? Yes. You trade back. You get more picks later in the draft to get a tight end. How far, how far did Winslow go? Remember that, what, where he was being taken at? I feel like it was a, about 10, 12 in that range. That might be one of the last guys that I was extremely excited about. I'm, thinking I'm just like, sad that it didn't work out. It yeah, kind of no. worked, but not really. He, like, he was probably like the, the highest talented guy coming out. Of oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, his dad was a Hall of Famer. Yeah. How his, could you not his be hall, his, his highlights were like a motorcycle accident. You couldn't look away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's where it ended. That's where it ended. But no, my, my point is, you've got a team that it's young upcoming. Let, let's just say, once again, just for the purpose of this exercise, that you had Nick Chubb. Right, so you took several losses at the beginning of the season, then Nick Chubb steps into play, and you've got Baker Mayfield, a quarterback. You could have a losing team last year that looks really solid going into this year. Oh yeah. But now you need a tight end. I know you're saying trade back, and I, I get it. If I'm trading back to you know five, six, seven, and hoping one of these, they, they, honestly, one of them will be. But if what if nobody wants to trade with you? What if everyone's like who's trading up? Exactly. Who's <laughs> trading up? Who's trading up to get Josh Jacobs? Hopefully, oh, someone. I would say, yeah, someone's going to. They're, they're, yeah, running back. I'm not going to lie. I would take Benny Snell over <laughs> these tight ends. I'm uh, entirely against you. I'll, I'll take the top three over Benny Snell over Elijah Holyfield. <laughs> I mean, there, there's. I'm with Neil. I think there's three tight ends in this year's draft class that could and should go in the top 16 of fantasy drafts. I'm more excited about the tight ends than I am in any other skill position. I 100% agree. So that doesn't mean I'm taking one of them number one. So we're, we're going to three tight ends and a lineman, a defensive lineman going in the first round. <laughs> yeah, it, say, in safeties. <laughs> right. Dynasty drafts are going to look like this. TJ Hawkinson, one overall. Nick Bosa, two overall. <laughs> Noah Fant, three overall. The safety from Washington. What's it, what's Quinton Williams, name? number four overall. <laughs> Irv Smith at five. Number six, you got, well, you got Josh Allen, edge rusher. I was going to say, you've got uh, Devin Bush. Devin Bush. Yep. Absolutely. Then uh, Devin Terry, White. Devin White. Ter- Terry yep. McLaurin sneaks in there as a surprise. <laughs> Some, a homer. I don't know a homer how to pick. Homer. Yeah, right. Nobody, nobody's taking McLaurin over freaking Hollywood Brown or freaking, uh, what was it? Who's the other Brown? A.J. Brown. Yeah. Then you got Jake Browning slipping in there to back end. <laughs> Undrafted free agent. Christian Hackenberg yeah, 2.0. Dude, he he went to New England like he's going to be a starter in seven years. Oh, he yeah, has just to, like that LSU guy they drafted last year. You think that I'm On that subject, I'm actually – I can't wait till it's over. I can't wait till Brady leaves. I'm tired of hearing it every year. Well, he's going to New England. He's going to be a stud because he's a small white guy receiver. I'm tired of that. I want it to be over. Is it Bob Kingery that did the uh, Jesus Christ? Look at Tom Brady. That's the three yard out. Only Tom Brady can do that. Peyton Manning can't do that. Brett Favre, Dan Marino, none of them can throw that three yard out. All right, let's watch this play. Oh my God! It's a four yard. It's a four yard drag route to Julian Edelman. Dan Marino, he couldn't even imagine doing a play like that. But going back to the Stephen A. thing, no, you dude, you got to you got to watch. Why are you? The, yeah, well, I, and then, then it, it, like I mean, I'm game uh, to give it another go. Over right. the the four minutes of the video, it's like he's 41 years old. Did I mention Tom Brady's 40? I mean, he's 40 years old doing this. 
But maybe two years from now when Brady's gone, people like Isabella won't be mentioned anymore. They won't, actually. That's what I'm saying. I, I can't wait till that day comes. It's just like, well, it's got to be good if he went to the Patriots. Maybe I can't wait. To, I can't wait till that scenario. Can you have this bell in your like top? I team. like him. Okay, <laughs> I just want to clarify. People are gonna stop talking. I do, I do not like me, him, but, but it's, it's like this type of prospects are like seeing the, day, the light of day because like the possibility of them being a patriot. You're and absolutely I, right, and I cannot wait till that day is over with. Absolutely right. And they, I mean, there's a few other guys that can that can work with those small scatty type wide receivers, but. Tom Brady's the best there ever was. Is that really the main yeah. reason why you keep seeing it Absolutely. constantly? Because everyone's like, oh, man, we need a Wes Welker. Oh, we need a Julian Edelman. Oh, we, we need a Danny Amendola. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Because you know what you could, could do instead of drafting a five foot eight, uh, you know, guy that runs a 4-7? You can get Golden Tate. You know, you can get, you know, a, a Juju Smith-Schuster. You, you can get someone who is far more effective at everything than just running soft spot in the zone wraps. Or maybe actually use, utilizing these pass-catching tight ends we've been discussing. Bingo. Bingo. Anything else you'd like to discuss, Barker, before we uh, we sign off of I, Talena? I don't watch wrestling, but apparently a new NXT? Is it's it wrestling, pronounced next? Wrestling. Is it pronounced it's next? It's NXT. Okay. NXT, new champ. Okay. Cool. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Cool. It popped up on my timeline. I actually watch wrestling. I have no idea who it could possibly be. Breaking so. news. Breaking news. Adam Cole. Back row Adam show. Cole, baby. Do you know who that is? Den Carter's favorite wrestler. That's all I know. Is it really? Yeah. Pretty confident in that. He <laughs> wants him to uh, get to the main roster, which is going to happen soon if he won the NXT championship. Yeah, he won it. So is NXT like the minors? Yes. Okay. Really? So it's, it's like the AAF. It's the Bush League. No, it's still active and owned by the uh, the controlling friend, uh, controlling brand. I'm surprised you guys was didn't bring AAF? that up. Can, was AAF it the AAF? Owned by the we talked. To, I think we talked about the AAF uh, last show. We, we did. It's uh, it's, it's over. It's 50, done. Fifty two days of operation and see ya. So much for those Columbus destroyers. I thought that was going to be a real league team. It was. It is. Well, <laughs> I, was, I was hoping for an expansion. I don't believe a damn and word you're saying. Yeah, you because shouldn't. he's wrong, all right? I was back on the Stephen A thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll go uh, drink $7 beers at the Compass of Shores game, watch someone get pounded over the freaking pylons or sidelines. Well, Nationwide does have his awesome, like, incredible whole cans he can drink beers with. What? <laughs> you spend, like, $40 to drink out one beer with his hands, but it's worth it. Heck, yeah. Totally worth it. <laughs> Arms, you drink out of hall cans now. <laughs> <laughs> I have tiny hands. Why would you say that? These hands. I have literally the smallest hands at this table. <laughs> I, think, I think we gave him the spread. My hands were like nine inches. Barker's were 10. Chad's were like 10 and a half. Yeah, we've measured. Zippers happened. Half Wait. size, though, you're up there. Oh, God. I am dominating. If, if draft prospects the the only size. person I know with a, a more dominant hat size than me, Chris the, Asbell. Arms, the, the size nine hat. Listen, Dude. Arms would literally be wearing the Iron Man suit, but he'd have to wear the Hulkbuster helmet piece. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. You know? This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review. Neil just waved his microphone. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>